All right, open up your Bibles, Genesis chapter 39 is where we left off in our series in the life of Joseph. We talked about at the beginning of the series how Joseph was raised in brokenness. He wasn't from the classic uh, spiritual leadership pedigree. He had a fair amount of brokenness and darkness, and we talked about how that wasn't going to be the defining reality of his future. The brokenness of his past is not going to derail God's plans for his future. And then we found Joseph alone in darkness. So he went from raised in brokenness to alone in darkness. Remember, sold by his brothers, tossed into a cistern. The brothers went back and told dad, Joseph is dead, end of chapter 37. And then he was sold on a wagon ride headed to who knows where. So he went from raised in brokenness to alone in darkness to a wagon ride headed to Potiphar's house, an Egyptian military leader, where he was then placed, right, kind of under the full court press of Mrs. Potiphar's temptation And he was kind of left there, tempted in his faithfulness. And in that whole sequence where Joseph handled things with integrity, he resisted what Mrs. Potiphar was begging him to come to bed over and over again. Joseph stands firm, says, no, this is not what God would want me to do. This is not what Potiphar would want me to do. I'm not going to do that. He runs out of the house. Mrs. Potiphar's ego is bruised. She's feeling really bad for herself. Mr. Potiphar comes home. She fabricates a whole story where it's the role reversal, Joseph was supposedly coming on to her, false, and, but Mr. Potiphar believes his wife and therefore tosses, this is where we left him off, tosses Joseph into the dungeon under the banner of, what's up with that, Lord? Uh, that's not right, Lord. He's the innocent one, Lord, and that's where we left Joseph off. So today, we'll pick up the story there, end of chapter 39, beginning in verse 20. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. Here's the key phrases you're going to underline. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison. And he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Now, we're seeing a thread that's woven through Joseph's life to this point, right? It started in chapter 37. The Lord is with him. The Lord is blessing him. Even alone in the bottom of the cistern, the Lord is with him. On the wagon ride headed to who knows where, the Lord is with him. Tossed in the dungeon and kind of forgotten, even though he handled it right, he's there. The Lord is with him and blessing the work of his hands and giving favor. So, though the circumstances of Joseph's life are not well, Joseph can say, it is well with my soul. Why? Because God is with me. So there's a whole, multiple holes in Joseph's soul. The holes in our soul are for the glory of God to shine through. And that's what Joseph's living out right now. There's no lack of holes in Joseph's soul. Now he's 17 years old in chapter 37 when this story begins. When he first gets a dream from the Lord, he gets clarity about his future. He's 30 years old by the time he's going to get out of prison. So we've got a gap here. He's probably in his late 20s when he's tossed into prison. And there's holes in his soul all along the story for the glory of God to shine through. And the question for the day that we're going to look at here is, God, what are you doing with all this? Why you've clearly appointed Joseph to have leadership. You've clearly given him strong gifts. It's obvious you're with him. Why not make his road straighter and narrower and smoother than you're making it? Why make this so difficult? Why does it have to be winding? Why does it have to turn left and right and go up and down? Why the cistern? Why the wagon ride? Why Potiphar's wife selling him out? Why tossed in the dungeon? 
Three words to kind of frame a response this morning. I got these words from reading through Stephen Bauman's book. He's the president of World Relief. He wrote a book called Possible, great book. Um, And he kind of framed up one of the chapters around a pattern when you look at scripture about how God guides lives. And I thought, boy, this is a great commentary on Joseph's life. The three words are glimpse, descent, and breakthrough. And I would argue that at any given moment in time, I think we could find ourselves in one of those three categories in our walk with God. Some of you here might be in a glimpse season of life. You know what a glimpse is? A glimpse is what Jeff and Amy Lane described when, they first, when Jeff first took his trip to Bungalow and there began to be a tapping from the Spirit about what's next. A glimpse is when God pulls the curtain back and says, hey, there's something around the bin. You can't quite see all the details, but you know that you know something's up. There's a leading, there's a prompting, there's a stirring about what's next, what God has for you next. It's a glimpse. It's Joseph, at 17, given a vision and dream about all the sheaves of grain bowing down to his sheave. That's a glimpse. Or it's the sun, the moon, and the stars all gathered around him and bowing down to him, parents included. That's a glimpse. It's a glimpse season of life. And in these glimpse seasons, I found, in my relationship with the Lord, a change of place and a change of pace often yield glimpses. A change of place, a change of pace. This is what Ignite Camp is all about. This is what mission trips are all about. You uproot out of your normal routines, you get in a different environment, and you change what the daily schedule's like. And when you're in that environment, I found, I think it's more, not that God's more revealing there, I found I'm more receptive to what in the world God's doing. I guess kind of have my eyes open, it's like the curtain gets pulled back, I get a little bit more of a glimpse This is what the great banquet is like that so many of you have been through here in the Zionsville area. This is what retreats are like. This is what I hope at least perhaps on a Sunday morning service occasionally is like for you where there's just this sense in which you're paused in the midst of your week and you say, you know what, for an hour and a half or so, pause, step back and get a glimpse of what God is up to in all of this. Listen to how Frederick Buechner put it. I put this quote in your notes there. There is no event so commonplace that God is not present in it. Listen to this. Always hiddenly, always leaving you room to recognize him or not recognize him. Listen to your life. See it for the fathomless mystery that it is in the boredom and the pain of it no less than in the excitement and the gladness. Touch, taste, smell your way to the holy and hidden heart of it because in the last analysis, all moments are key moments and life itself is grace. There's glimpses and maybe some of you are in a glimpse season of your life right now and you're like with Joseph, just getting a glimpse of what's to come. But right on the heels of glimpses, or descent. But after you start getting a hold of what God has next, you find yourself in the middle of the valley and the original vision is kind of covered up with fog. It's like there's so much uncertainty. Why this? Why now? How did I get here? What's next? All these questions. It's Jeff and Amy Lane. It's Jeff Lane having his body inflicted with of some physical stuff going on that even the medical community can't quite put their finger on. What's up with that, Lord? and my brother dying in the midst of that, and all the challenges that come right on the heels of a glimpse and him saying, yes, I'm gonna do this, comes a journey of descent. This is Joseph after 17, 
sold in the bottom of the cistern, put on the wagon ride, headed to who knows where, tossed in the dungeon. This is the descending part for Joseph's life. And where do we find in the midst of the dungeon, God is still with him and giving him favor. And he has two cellmates in the dungeon. He has a butler and a baker. And both of them have dreams. And a common practice during that day was when they had a dream that had some they felt like they had some meaning to it. They would run around and look for someone to help interpret their dreams. And in that, they felt like there was some like divine guidance and all of that. So there was a big deal if you could interpret dreams. Well, one of the gifts God had given Joseph was dream interpretation. And so these two cellmates, the butler and the baker, they have a dream. And Joseph says, hey, uh, God can give you some clarity about what this dream means. Oh, then tell us. So the butler, he tells the butler, the butler tells him the dream. And then Joseph says, hey, three days from now, uh, you're going to get out of here. You're going to get your job back, and when you do, please don't forget about me. That's what Joseph tells him, and the butler's so happy. Yeah, three days, I'm out of here. And then the baker comes and says, hey, let me tell you about my dream. And then Joseph says, well, here's the interpretation of your dream, Mr. Baker. Verse 19, chapter 40. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat away your flesh. Oops. More like a nightmare. The butler's running around high five, and the baker's like, um, let's see what happens. Verse 20. Now the third day was Pharaoh's birthday, and he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer, that's the butler, and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position so that he once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker just as Joseph had said to them in his interpretation. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Next sentence, chapter 41, verse 1. How long did he forget him? When two full years had passed. Are you kidding me? So Joseph does him a favor, interprets a dream, and says, hey, by the way, when you get out, don't forget I'm innocent in here, and Mrs. Potiphar's whacked, and she's got some story. Hey, can you just help Pharaoh understand and get me out of here? And the butler's riding off into glory, back on his job, doing his deal. Two years goes by, and Joseph, nothing. Can you picture Joseph every time, like, the meals were delivered to the jail cell? He'd hear the clanging of the door. He'd, say, oh, he'd probably run up to the gate. This is, my, this is my exit. This is my day I get out. This is the day the butler remembered me. No, two years. Descent. 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 What's God doing in the descent? What's up with this? This is where all the interior work is done in our lives, gang. This is where the beams of our interior world are strengthened and given thickness to uphold the weight of whatever God's going to do when breakthrough comes. Now, we don't like this a whole lot. Our preference, here's what, I'll just speak for me. Here's my preference to when God gives glimpse. Glimpse, breakthrough, that's what I like. Let's go glimpse, breakthrough, Lord. Anybody with me in that? Let's go, God pulls back the curtain, yeah, let's go and do that, and boom, we're doing that, and flourishing, and leadership, and impact, and kingdom, glimpse, breakthrough. And the Lord's like, yeah, but let me, usually what happens is glimpse, breakthrough, implode. Glimpse, breakthrough, implode is usually where that story goes. And God loves us enough, and his goodness displayed in this gift to say, actually, Simpson, here's how this is going to go. Like Joseph, I'm going to give him a glimpse. I'm going to give you some clarity about where we're going. I'm going to give you just enough to sustain you in the deepest and darkest of the valleys. 
And the persevering and the testing is gonna be what? Will you remain faithful? What Jeff talked about, will you stay committed to the original vision? Will you walk it out? Will you persevere? Will you endure? Will you trust him in the question marks? Because by the way, when breakthrough comes, all of that stuff built in the descent is gonna be necessary for you to lead and rule in righteousness. As Dallas Willard says, God's always looking for people to share his power and authority with. The question is, do we have the substance on the inside to uphold the weight of the responsibility to steward power and authority and responsibility the way he would want it stewarded? And praise God, we've got a lot of great examples in our world of that, but also we're not lacking for plenty of those who don't have it. And we live in a culture that likes to press the Josephs at 17 up into places of leadership and responsibility without the scaffolding on the inside to uphold the weight. And it's glimpse, breakthrough, implode. And the thing just tanks it. And so here it gives us some context. Maybe some of you are right in the middle of this descent season right now. You're like, Lord, what are you doing? I can't figure it out. I said yes to you. I took the step. I can't see. Why is it covered up in fog? Why is this so hard? Why is this so long? Why is this so complicated? What's up with that? You're Joseph in the cistern, on the wagon ride, in the dungeon. And just to know this, it doesn't mean breakthrough isn't gonna come. It just means there's a whole lot of stuff being done inside here to make sure when God sees fit, God knows where this whole story is going with Joseph. Joseph doesn't know the whole story. Joseph just has a little glimpse. But God knows he's gonna get Joseph in a position of leadership in Egypt to handle the famine. And he's not just, hear this, he's not just concerned with getting Joseph there. He's not just concerned with getting you and I to carry out the original glimpse and vision and direction. He's concerned about the kind of people we'll be when we carry it out. That's a big deal with God. About who you and I will be in those breakthrough seasons. Joseph, who you'll be when you take that position of leadership at Egypt. That's what God's up to. And so he goes on a, you wanna know the gap between Joseph's time frame and God's time frame? Joseph thought he was ready at 17. Remember, he gets the whole family together. Hey, you're all gonna bow down to me. Let's go. God says, ah, not quite yet. Joseph says he's ready at 17. God says you're ready at 30. It's a 13-year difference of opinion. Have you noticed this with God? Does anybody else experience this or is it just me? I have a 13-year difference of opinion with God often. I find his time frame much different than mine. I don't, can't remember a time I thought he was moving too quickly. Is anybody else experienced this or just me? Am I an island on this one? My experience with God is he's just got a much longer time frame and a much more winding path, and there's a whole lot more going on in hiddenness. I'm just ready for breakthrough to come. And so, Confession to all of you, I have a high degree of temptation in seasons of descent to sin in my descent. How do I sin in my descent? I get self-righteous and think I've got enough. I mean, come on, Lord, just get this thing moving. Pride, pity. I get a lot of self-pity. Woe is me. Why is that to be so hard? You look around at others who are flourishing in their breakthrough, and this is what really sets in my heart. It's like, when I can't rejoice in the breakthroughs of others because I'm moaning about my own descent, oh, nothing good going on in here. And so caution to all of us in places of descent, if that's where you're at today, get a good handle on what are the signature sins in the seasons of descent that your sin nature is drawn to indulge. 
and invite the right people into that, right conversations, right prayer times, and guard your heart. Because you gotta persevere through the descents. This is part of the beams of the interior world, getting strengthened, because breakthrough is gonna come. And we're gonna get to those seasons with Joseph in the weeks ahead, because it isn't just all this winding trail for no good reason. Listen to this quote, I put it in your notes here by Stephen Bauman in his book. Trials, confusion, disappointment, even disillusionment are essential for our impending breakthrough. Descents are required to prepare us for greater vision because calling rests first upon our character. Without it, we cave. We have the greatest potential to convert our doing into a process of becoming during our descents. Self-discovery during difficult seasons is fruitful and often surprising. There's purpose, even virtue in our suffering if we are brave enough to accept its wisdom. I think descent with God is better than any ascent without him. So if the option is breakthrough without God or descent with God, my prayer is that we always choose the path with him. Because whatever it is without him, we don't have any part of because that's just a ticking time bomb. That's gonna last short term at best. So descent with the Lord better than any ascent without him. So you've got a glimpse, God pulls back the curtain, shows you this is what I want you to do, immediately thrust into usually a downward cycle, trials, perseverance, valleys, wilderness, and then in God's time, time frame, not our own, breakthrough comes. When two full years pass, chapter 41, we'll get into in a couple of weeks, Pharaoh has a dream. And guess who can interpret dreams? And guess who remembers his butler is standing there and Pharaoh has a dream and Pharaoh's like, hey, I had a dream. Anybody know who can interpret him? And can you picture the face of the butler? Oh, I forgot him. Yeah, I know where he's at. I bet you do. It looks a lot more scraggly than when you left. And he parades Joseph in to Pharaoh's court. And that's the transition from descent to breakthrough for Joseph's story. And church, I can't think of a better invitation to the communion table than those three words. Who's the ultimate example of glimpse, descent, and breakthrough? Jesus of Nazareth. These elements at the table, you know, Jesus got a glimpse. (laughs) How about when he's baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River? I mean, you all have wonderful baptism stories too, but how about Jesus? Heavens open, spirit of God descending, doves, voice of the Father, this is my son whom I love, with him I'm well pleased. Now that, huh? that's a glimpse. And then how about when he began to, in his public ministry, step out and he began to heal people and cast out demons and he raised the dead, glimpse, glimpse, glimpse. This is the Messiah. This is the Messiah. He's going to accomplish the salvation for the world. Glimpse, glimpse. And then what? Descent. How about when descent, when John the Baptist, his good friend, is beheaded by Herod? Descent. How about when Judas, one of his close inner circle, betrays? Descent. How about when Peter denies on a day when he really needed a close friend? Descent. 
How about when he's standing before the crowds with Pilate and the crowd is out there and there's guilty Barabbas, there's innocent Jesus and Pilate says, should we free guilty Barabbas? What should we do with Jesus? If free Barabbas, crucify Jesus, crucify Jesus, descent, descent. And then when the Roman soldiers took those whips, it's called flogging, right, with those lead beads and those leather straps and would peel the flesh off of his back to the point where his rib cage would be exposed, descent, 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 to when he's hanging on the cross, nails driven in his hands and feet, one last breath, it is finished, descent. Glimpse, descent. And then you guys know, that's not the end of the story. Three days later, the ground begins to shake and the stone is rolled away and breakthrough comes when this Messiah who was laid dead in that tomb walks out of the tomb. And breakthrough is that life, not death, got the last word. Resurrection, not hopelessness, got the last word. Love wins, hope wins, joy wins, peace wins because Christ wins. Christ wins in that. Sin, darkness, injustice, evil, They thought they had the last word on Friday into Saturday. Sunday came, glimpse, descent, breakthrough. And here's the beautiful picture as the body of Christ. When we go to this table, our identity is with that Savior. So you go to him with the glimpse. You go to him in the descent. And you go to him hanging on for the breakthrough. Because in Jesus, gang, every single one of us, including the Brabson family this morning, is promised breakthrough in Jesus' name. It may not come in this life. That's the hardest part of this journey. Breakthrough is promised in Jesus' name when we take our last breath here and we take our first breath there. And what? All this junk, all this sin, all this darkness, all this evil, all this injustice, it's gone once and for all. There's no more parents bearing children There's no more saying goodbye to a spouse far too young. There's no more burying a six-year-old child just like a few weeks ago. I mean, there's no more of those things in glory because breakthrough is promised. Our identity is with this Savior. So as we go to the table, we're gonna go together as families, right? And you're gonna take off the bread and you're gonna dip it into the juice. And no matter where you're at, in glimpse or descent or in breakthrough, As you take those elements, you worship the one who says, I promise, I get the last word. And with that last word, love, hope, life wins. And that's where you can see some, right? Our destiny begins to be sprinkled in on our current realities. We have an open communion table here. You don't need to be a member of Eagle, but you do need to be following Jesus. So if you're not sure where you're at on that decision, this is a good time. Sort it out. You can pray, confess your sin, receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, and take your communion for the first time. You can do that right now. This area of prayer, it's up here. If you want to be anointed with oil for maybe you've got some physical illnesses, maybe you just got some journey, you just need people to pray with you, you can come up here and kneel, and there'll be folks to be glad to pray with you over that journey. But let's all stand together. We're just going to have a kind of a song list playing here for a couple of minutes, and then the worship team is going to lead us through. Uh, But I'm going to pray, and then you're dismissed to go to the tables and just spread out all around this room, wherever you'd like. Jesus, we worship you in our glimpses, in our times of descending, and in breakthroughs. We go to the table now. 
in remembrance of your great sacrifice. Thank you that you consistently said yes to the will of the Father, even when it meant laying down your very life. We now identify ourselves with your death and with your resurrection. Come now, minister by your spirit to all who gather in Jesus' name. Amen.